Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. We've all heard that favorite psalm, Psalms chapter 23. It's often quoted in times of desperation, of crisis, of need, times when we need encouraging because that when we grab hold of it, it brings such peace to our soul. So today I want us to look at it, but look at it for what it says because I think many times we lose the true meaning of something when it comes out in vain repetition, when we hear it so often that it becomes a mantra and we don't look at the words within it. So today we're going to remind ourselves of the reality that for those who are in Christ Jesus, we do have a shepherd. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I shall not want or lack anything that I truly need. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his sake. Yea, though I may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they do comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How powerful and encouraging are these words, especially in times of distress and uncertainty to bring us back to the reality that the king of all kings leads me, guides me, protects me, feeds me, and loves me. I want to look at this verse by verse to get the true meaning of this because you see, my family has raised sheep. For many years, my father kept a flock. My mother tended to the little lambs. My brother now after them still shepherd a flock. And of course, I am a third generation minister in my family. We have all been pastors, or as it was stated in the Old Testament times, pasturers, which were hands that worked underneath the shepherd to tend to the flocks. There's so much meaning in each of the sentences in this passage because it was written by David, who himself had tended the sheep. Remember that God himself said that David was a man after his own heart. He knew what it meant to be a good shepherd. It says, The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. For my parents or my brother's sheep, it is not the sheep's responsibility to take care of themselves. It is the shepherd's. It is the shepherd's place to make sure that they are fed. It is the shepherd's place to make sure that their wounds are mended. It is the shepherd's place to protect them. And my father's sheep are well tended to because they have a good shepherd. Now, does that mean that every sheep in the world is well taken care of? No, because they don't all belong to a good shepherd. So I think the first thing that we need to do today is to examine what flock we truly belong to. What master do we serve? Because the Bible says that if we walk in sin, then we make ourselves servant to the master of sin. But if we walk in righteousness or right standing, then we make ourselves the children of God. And so if the Lord is my shepherd, then... 
I shall not want. So today, God, we repent of any sin or wickedness that we have willfully walked in because we don't want to find ourselves in a time of stress or distress in a situation where we then come to realize that we have strayed from the good shepherd and are in a flock that is far from him or wandering alone in a wilderness. Because the good shepherd, it says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides still waters. In the time and environment that this was written, the shepherds, they led their sheep through an arid land. And there was a little bit of grass here and there. They called it green pastures because, of course, they were nomads. They were desert herdsmen. So what they might consider green pastures might not be what we consider green pastures, but it was food nonetheless. And the shepherd led them to it bite by bite. It might have not been an overabundance, but it was what they needed. And they had to continue to follow his lead in order to find it, just like the Israelites did in the wilderness. When he gave them manna from heaven, he provided for them. He filled their belly, but he didn't give them excess. He didn't give them enough to be greedy or gluttonous. He gave them what they needed. And then it says he leads them beside still waters. That's because in the place that the Israelite shepherds cared for their flocks, because of the arid environment, when the rains would come, they would cause sudden flash floods. So if you were a sheep, you might be thirsty and you might come up to a little stream that looked good, that looked refreshing, that looked safe, but you didn't know that there was a flash flood coming. You didn't know that in an instant it might overtake you. But the good shepherd, he knew the territory. He knew which waters were dangerous, which waters were safe, and he would lead you to the right one. You couldn't strike out on your own and think that you know or trust in what you see or what you feel or what you think you need. You had to trust the shepherd and let him lead because he knows which waters are still and calm and safe and not going to destroy you. Oh Lord, we repent of striking out on our own and seeking after things to quench our thirst that we thought looked good, that we thought were safe. But in the end, the enemy came rushing in like a flood and overtook us because of our pride and arrogance and our lack of willingness to follow your leading. Maybe the stream you took us to was small, not very grand or inviting. Maybe you sent us to a little backwoods church and we wanted something a little more glamorous. We wanted something a little more flesh pleasing. Maybe you called us to a place that had no glory, a job that was very humble to minister to a people who rejected us and it didn't make sense to us and we refused to follow your leading, but all the while you were trying to bring us to a place of safety, away from those streams that are ever-changing, those winds of doctrine that blow to the left and to the right. You wanted us to go and drink from the well that is stable and unchanging, the word of the living God. Lord, we want to be able to read this chapter today and to make it a proclamation of faith, knowing that we are in alignment and agreement with the word of God, because we know your word says that you will not honor vain repetition. We can say something and not mean it or not truly be in agreement with it, and it will do nothing. But Lord, I want to be able to read this chapter and know it applies to me because the Lord, he is my shepherd, not a God of my own creating. Not my will or imagination, but the God of Scripture, the God of Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob. He is my shepherd, so I shall not want. He will take care of me. It says he restores my soul. 
He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Our God is a God of holiness, righteousness, purity. And if we are following his leading, he will lead us into righteousness, to the straight and narrow path and off of the path of wickedness, which leads only to destruction, wherein there is no covering or protection from the wrath to come, but only a certain judgment, as the word says, for those who are walking in disobedience, he leads us in paths of righteousness. So if we are following a shepherd, but that shepherd is not pointing us towards righteousness, towards holiness, then it is a shepherd, but it is not the good shepherd. Because many times in scriptures, God says, woe, woe, woe to the shepherd, the idle shepherd, the wicked shepherd, the evil shepherd, which feeds upon the sheep and sells their soul to hell for a profit. There is another shepherd out there, my friend. Make sure you are not following him, but you are following the good shepherd because in him there is provision and protection. Under whom David was able to say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. You see, the shepherd carried a rod. He carried a staff, and that staff was used to gently nudge the sheep back onto the right path to keep them moving in the right direction in a safe direction to get them to a planned destination, to a good end, to prosper them and not to harm them. That staff that was in the shepherd's hand, it was also used to guard them. It was a representation of authority because it was the same thing that was used to fight off the wolves. It was used to shut the gate to the enemy because when Jesus said, I am the gate and no one can go to the sheep except through me. And if they go any other way, then they are a thief. It's because when they were corralled, the shepherd himself would lay in the place where the gate would be. It was an opening in the wall. He would lay there and he would rest there and he would put his staff across it as a gate. His authority was the thing that kept the enemy out and the sheep protected at peace as they rested at night in the sheepfold. So when we know for sure that the good shepherd, he is our shepherd, we can rest at peace even when we hear the enemy all around us because we know that his rod and his staff, it comforts us. His authority fights for us. His power defends us. His name is upon us and his blood covers us. I love the image of it that he fights for us, that he prepares a table for us, even in the presence of our enemies, even while the wolf is all around. The good shepherd is standing his ground. He is guarding us while we eat in the midst of it. We have a table prepared in the presence of our enemies. I see this as a Passover image as the Israelites sat for the Passover supper in the middle of Egypt while all of their enemy was around them and while the very destroyer, a plague of death, surrounded them. They sat in the midst in their homes at peace and they were commanded to eat, to declare a feast, to worship God as their true and rightful king and to trust in him for their provision and deliverance because he had prepared a table for them in the presence of their enemy. Oh, when we know that we are in right standing, that we belong to the king, that we are his children, that he is our shepherd. Oh, what do we have to fear? We can be at peace and enjoy the table that he has prepared for us, the provision, the plans that he has made, that they will prosper us. 
We don't have to worry as the sheep about where our food comes from, how our wounds are mended, how we will be healed from our sickness. Where is the next place that we need to be? He's going to lead us if we are truly his. So the only thing we've got to worry about is making sure that we're in the fold, that we're counted among his sheep and we're not following the voice of another. No straying. He is calling all of his children back in. He's calling you in today. Get close to the shepherd. Tune your ear to hear what he has to say. Keep your eye fixed on Jesus because he's doing something and you don't want to miss it. For the Israelites, even though they literally were in the valley of the shadow of death itself, there was no evil that they needed to fear. They sat at their Passover table and feasted with their families and watched the hand of the Lord himself protect them. That by the authority of God, the creator of all things, heaven and earth and everything in between, that no evil thing could touch them. That, my friends, should be very encouraging. He says, Thou, O Lord, you anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. In the midst of the attacks, in the midst of what the devil meant for harm, God turns it for good and pours an anointing on us. He anoints my head with oil. He declares me chosen. When they anointed them with oil in the Old Testament, it meant that God had a purpose for them. He was setting them apart for his service to him. Oh God, I thank you that you have a purpose and a plan for us and that the devil cannot steal it from us. Lord, we're not willing to walk away from it, to give it up, to stray, to run away from the good master. And we know that no wolf can get past you, your authority, your rod. It comforts me. It cannot get into the sheepfold. So your plan and your will for me, your anointing, it cannot be stolen from me. I can only willingly give it away and I will not do that. And so let that be peace to you today and let your cup run over with joy, with the promises of God, that they are yes and amen to all those who are in Christ Jesus, in the sheepfold of the good shepherd. And David ends this passage by saying, surely his goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love it that David said, this one thing do I desire, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. In other words, in the presence of the Lord God Almighty, because at that time, the presence of God dwelt in the temple. But now we are the temple. The presence of God dwells with us if we choose to abide in him. As Jesus said, we've got to make time for him. We've got to welcome him into our life, into our homes. We've got to strip away all of the idols and the distractions. We've got to make a choice today. God, you are what I'm after. My heart is yours, Lord. You are my desire and I'm going to give you my attention and my family and my home. I'm going to follow your leading and trust in your provision. Because again, I go back to the image of my father with his sheep, how they come to him. They don't look for any other source. In fact, the Bible says that God's going to separate the goats from the sheep. And the thing about goats is that they're very self-willed. 
They're rebellious. They want to do everything on their own. They want to break out of the pasture and stray away. They want to go find their own way and it leads them into very dangerous situations. But the sheep, they stay put. They trust in the shepherd for all their needs. My father feeds them. My father heals them. My father leads them. And they will always be in a place of safety and provision and protection as long as they don't run from him. And as long as they don't stop eating, that is the only thing that I know that will cause them to grow weak. Very rarely do you ever have one stray, but occasionally it happens, especially among the young. And of course you go running after them. You leave the 99 to find the one. And the only thing that will cause them to stray into dangerous territory is when they won't come back when you call, when they run from you, when they stray and God is pleading today, I am calling, come home, come home. There is a table set for you in the presence of your enemy. I am pleading, come back to me. And the one other thing that I have seen that will make sheep weak is when they just refuse to eat. There's been many times when my mom has had to bottle raise baby lambs And as long as they keep eating, they'll get stronger and stronger. But when they refuse to eat, they get weaker and weaker. So my friend, I give you this warning, never stop consuming the word of God. This is why the Bible warns us not to forsake the assembly, because it becomes so easy to get distracted by other things and to stop feeding on those things that grow us spiritually. So take time to sit with your shepherd and hear his voice. Remember that Jesus himself said that I am the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. Again, reminding you, my friend, that there is another voice. There is another shepherd. There is another fold. Make sure that you are in the right one. Cry out to Jesus. He said that if they come any other way but through me, then they are the thief. So we cry out to the king. We cry out, Jesus, save me. Save my family. Wash me in your blood. Fill me with your spirit. Use me for your glory. Speak to me, God. Let me hear your voice. You said your sheep would know your voice and another they would not follow. They would not be deceived. They would not be led astray. They would not find themselves in a place of lack. Yes, my friend, you can hear the voice of the good shepherd calling. This is what the word of God says. This is what the Bible tells us, that we've got to take time to sit and pray today and learn to hear his voice personally speaking to us. We can't depend on what somebody else has been telling us. How do we know that they're not a wolf in sheep's clothing, that they're not the wrong shepherd? God has given us his word. He's given us the scripture. He's given us the ability to come boldly before the throne of grace personally to pray to him. Jesus said he is the good shepherd. His sheep know his voice and another they will not follow. And if there is protection and provision and all of this promise to those who belong to the good shepherd, then how do we know his voice to know that we are following him? It's the same way you get to know anyone's voice. You got to spend time with him. You've got to build a personal relationship. This is done through prayer. This is why of all of the things that Jesus did, the disciples never asked him to teach them to do any of it. They didn't say, teach us how to work miracles. They didn't say, teach me how to preach. They didn't say, teach me how to lead the masses. They didn't say, give me a pulpit. They didn't say, teach me to sing. They teach me to play an instrument. 
teach me to teach even. They asked one thing of him. They said, Master, teach us how to pray. Because they understood that they had been given a way to communicate personally with the good shepherd. And if they learned his voice, he would lead them on the paths of righteousness. Just like David said in his passage. So I urge you, my friend, to take time to pray every day to set aside time to spend with that shepherd so you can learn his voice. And it starts very simply with an introduction. Just sit and talk to him. Say, I believe in you. Come into my heart and my life. I need to hear from you. These are uncertain days. I need to learn how to be close to you and to do what you say. And some of you might even say, I have prayed, but I hear nothing. Well, the scripture is very clear that there are a few things that will prevent him from hearing us. And I'm going to address two very serious things that we can clear up to make sure that we are in right standing with him. Because I really want you to get this, to have this personal relationship, because we need it. We need it to get through every day, and we need it to get through those times when those rivers swell up against us, when the enemy comes rushing in like a flood. And it says that the good shepherd, he is willing to lead us besides the still waters to the safe place. But we've got to be willing to hear his voice and what he's got to say. And so I take you to John chapter 9, verse 31, because this is very important. It says, now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him does God hear. So this is very clear. If we choose to willfully continue in our sin, God will not hear us. Not that he cannot hear us, but that he will not hear us. Because in Isaiah 59, verse 1, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities, your sins have separated between you and your God. And your sins have caused him to hide his face from you that he will not hear. We've got to come before him humbly because God says he pours out his grace upon the humble, but he resisteth the proud. We've got to come before him humbly and cry out in repentance, acknowledging our sins to him, not to a man who cannot forgive them, but to God Almighty who gave his only begotten son that we might be redeemed from the curse of death, from our sins, that the blood of Jesus might be applied to them. We've got to cry out, God, save us. I repent. I choose to turn away from all of this wickedness. And of course, the word repent means that you are making a decision to never walk therein again. You may not have the power to do it. Many people have addictions and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but God, today I choose to turn away from it and I'm crying out to you for the grace to walk in victory over it. And he will release it because he has promised to do so. You just have to choose to walk away from your cruel master, from that other shepherd, and choose to follow daily after Jesus. My friend, I am encouraging you to talk to Jesus. Build a personal relationship based on personal communication with him, which is the true essence of communion. What is communion but to commune with him? And I tell you this because I want you to understand there is another thing that will cause your prayers to not be heard by them, and that is vain repetition. 
in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, when Jesus' followers had asked him to teach them how to pray, he told them this, when you pray, do not use vain repetition. In other words, don't use a prescripted, repeated prayer. He said, do not pray in vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like them. For your father knoweth what things ye have need of even before you ask them. And he goes on to say to pray in a manner something like this. And then he gave them the Our Father as a pattern telling them don't repeat it as vain repetition. But I'm showing you a pattern of how you should pray. In other words, you should identify who you're praying to. Oh, good heavenly father, which is in heaven. I am crying out to you. And he laid his petitions before God and he worshiped God and he thanked God and he repented of sin before God. Even though he had no sin, he was giving us an example of what our prayers should be like. This is how we should talk to him. But he made it very clear that if we pray in vain repetition, he will not hear it. He wants us to speak to him personally, just like you would speak to your father or your mother or your brother or your best friend. God left his throne in heaven to dwell among men that he might restore this personal relationship with them. He did it so he could restore communion with you and call you friend. Let no man stand between you and Jesus. He is a good shepherd. Follow his leading. Learn his voice. Repent of your sin. Start talking to him and build a relationship as he leads you in paths of righteousness. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.